I saw on the the jury social pages that somebody had a recipe where they were putting jalapeno oh, yeah. cream I, cheese I saw- inside the middle of a morel. I don't know why I didn't think about that before. I mean, that's the same thing I told Mark. I was like, this seems like this was in front of us the whole time. And we I'm never 10 saw. pounds this spring. All we got to do <laughs> is add, wrap it in bacon. Yeah. And then you're finished. Oh. This segment of DOD TV is brought to you by Leopold, American to the core. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast. This is episode number 203. I'm Tim Chelsvick. I'm Matt Drury. And, and we've got zero guests you're, today. You're in for a wild ride. <laughs> <laughs> because we're not 100% sure what we're going to be talking about. Mm-mm. That's what the 100% stands for in the right, show. Right now, you know what I'm doing? A story for Instagram. Oh, I'm on Instagram? That's right. We should call those guys. Have them come down to film some more stuff. (laughs) Yeah, right. Call Instagram and the guys at YouTube. Mm -hmm. I love YouTube videos. Madry 81. (laughs) (laughs) Truthfully, truthfully, I didn't know. Like, was I on camera just a second ago or was that on, was it flipped around? No, no, you were on camera. Okay, good. Because I started to feel like more of an idiot. More of... Hey, you caught that. Uh, uh-huh. hey. You know, I've uh, I've taken some flack for what I did to one Mr. Austin Land on yeah, episode well, number 199. You're pretty mean about it. <sighs> Slapped his hat so off onto the ground. I, no remorse. Well, so speaking of remorse, I would like to come out now publicly and say, come out. I am sorry people feel the way they do. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're not. I'm sorry. sorry they interpreted it a certain way. Yeah. Well, it's the half apology. That's basically just like this podcast. You don't care <laughs> about. What yeah, happens. no, I'd, I'd rather be doing something else right now. That's well, like we have a billion other things to do. We do have a few other, but you know, it, it's kind of fun. Like I do actually look forward to filming the podcast because they are a fun diversion from what we're normally doing. Exactly. I do that also when we're not on just in your office. Camera. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes in my office. I Sometimes I, I'm walking. I thought by it was just people. me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we all know that's not true. <laughs> the guys around here have no uh, filter. No, that's the way we like it. But after we after we get done with this, we're on with business as usual. Yeah. Other what, stuff. Whatever that may be. We're just you know we're solving problems one problem at a time. So Deercast, we're we're innovating right now. Yeah, and and I mean really we're touching people's lives appropriately. <laughs> I'm actually talking about what we're fixing to do. We can't really talk about it's it like in detail gonna yet. Be pretty cool. Gonna be pretty cool. So got some bad to the bone new features coming mm-hmm. for this. Hopefully in the summer we'll be launching, but for sure obviously for the fall. And uh, you know with with the way things, so we're about a year out right from when crap hits the fan last year. Oh yeah, yeah. And everybody's like, to what stay are you talking home. about? So we had all kinds of cool plans last year for DeerCast. We kind of had to shelve it because yeah. at the time you're just the like pinball simulator. Yeah, exactly. You just cool. had no idea what was going to happen, and you know if what was going to happen in the industry or to our company, or just a lot of uncertainty. So mm-hmm. we paired back and just kind of held close to the old purse strings, and <laughs> you know didn't really do a ton in DeerCast. We did a few things like on the social side and some back end, like under yeah. the hood kind of fixes that that help. You know, it just runs smoother for people. Yeah. It's not super sexy to talk about. Yeah. But obviously, you know, a year later, 
2020 hindsight, we're looking back and it's like, hey, we ended up having a good year. The industry had a resurgence because of people being at home and and wanting to get outdoors, kind of wanting to understand how to hunt, mm-hmm. you know, how to fill their freezers. And so it was all good for, for the industry, for hunters in general. Thankfully. Yeah. So this year we got some cool stuff planned that we've been working on for a few months and uh, hopefully in a few more months here, we'll start talking about it on the podcast. Heck but yeah. in the meantime, there's a hunt giveaway. We're giving away a hunt with Mark and Terry. We've talked about it before. All you got to do is go over to DeerCast.com or go to DeerCast app if you have it mm-hmm. and go to the, the giveaway tab lower right and it's free. You just sign up. Boom. You're entered in. Chance to win a hunt at Mark and Terry's two days at each in Missouri. Any weapon of your choice. And when we say any weapon, we mean any weapon. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> oh, wow. You get to go on an arm wrestle and that's right. Put it in the headlock. Jump on top and take it for a ride. <laughs> Man, you ever see the videos of guys that try to, you know, unlock a deer from a fence or. Yeah, we have two of them. We have two or three of them. It's like, you're really taking your life into your own uh, hands. Yeah. yeah. Mark's got a really cool one where, of course, like the famous one where when Jeff and David Lindsay, I think they were on dream season at the time, they unlocked a couple of bucks that were just giants. And uh, that, that I mean, some really cool footage of it. Well, then maybe a year or two later, Mark and Wade come across a couple of giants that were locked up. And those are all on YouTube, on the Drew Outdoors YouTube channel or on DeerCast. And it's pretty cool. I mean, it's like, you know, they put a, a, a verb camera or GoPro on like yep. the saw you know and it's they, they tried to saw off an antler that was i don't know it's man. like very cringy because yeah. it's like oh geez you're gonna cut the deer's head or are you gonna get hurt or? i think mark filmed more than he saw it. i think wade was the one saw yeah I, I think that's right hey yeah yeah to the right there, wade. <laughs> no, no no i got this he's coaching <laughs> be one time i'd be a good camera guy <laughs> right. and then ted nugent's out there with his sidearm and yeah just, shot that one's crazy yeah that one's pretty crazy it, i mean it's pretty good aim too yeah like um he, he obviously practices he shoots a little bit <laughs> so i hear yeah so how about so speaking of shooting we've got some feedback specifically from our show where we had winchester president brett floyer on and there was quite a bit of feedback on that. Yeah, show. you know, it's interesting. You're still going to get, I think there was a lot of people that didn't even watch it that just commented because of the title was where all the ammo go. And then you got all the conspiracy theorists jumping Here's on. Here's what I think. Yeah, and they didn't. I don't know that they actually watched it. Or maybe they watched it and they still don't believe what, what the guy was saying, which is always odd to me. But um, anyhow. Yeah, what does he know? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was interesting, though. I mean, it was a good, that was a good podcast. I thought he was pretty open and honest with us personally, but um, that's for the audience to decide. Yeah, people have got, and, and that's the thing, like, we're not trying to change anyone's minds. We're just trying to put the information out there yeah. and then make up your own opinion. Yeah, yeah. All right. This is my paper. Wow. You can hear that. It's about as crisp as it can get. That was a paper. Well, you handed it, you handed it to me yesterday yes. and you put it on my desk and that's I where studied it, it last basically night. Basically that's where it stayed until oh. just a minute ago. So you, oh, okay. You didn't study it last night. I love that you put the work and effort into this sure. because it allows me to read off of it once we get on the podcast. <laughs> I look like I'm ready to roll. All right. James Vatter on YouTube says, I'm seeing people buying multiple boxes of turkey loads for 
home defense. That was quote unquote home defense. One guy literally had to ask me what 350 legend was. Then he bought the last four boxes on the <laughs> shelf. If you have no idea what the cartridge is, why do you buy it? Resale? Question mark? I'd say probably so. Yeah, James is kind of talking about one of the aspects that Brett was talking about that is making ammo so scarce is just consumer behavior and people, yeah. if they see it, they buy it, even if they don't have a gun to shoot it out of. Uh, yeah, that's a gun sound. <laughs> nice job. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, uh, I just imagine, like, what, what's this guy doing when he gets home? Is he just going to put the boxes away and, like, maybe someday I'll get a gun that'll shoot this or maybe it'll kind of fit in my 270. I don't know. <laughs> I, let's hope not. <laughs> yeah. don't, don't try that at home. Right, that's please not, don't. Not We're not advocating for that. Tim. <laughs> Randy Moss on Whoa, DeerCast. The Randy Moss? Well, it's a Randy Moss. I would I love know. it if the Randy Moss listened to the podcast. Well, here's here's what a Randy Moss has to say. <laughs> I'm going to say the. <laughs> I have a buddy going into turkey season with three shells. Can't find any. In the greatest country in the world with the biggest economy in the world, you can't buy ammo? I think that's supposed to be a question. I remember a time when if there was a demand and money to be made, an American company would step up to take the money. Now, not one of our great ammo manufacturing companies can make a box of turkey shells for double the price you could buy a box for last year. BS. I wonder what that stands for. Hmm. You know, I. but the thing is, they are, man, because... Winchester's not the only one whose president jumped out there and, and kind of gave state of the union, so to speak. And they're making it. They're at max capacity. They got, you know, shifts running around the clock. It, the problem is they they can't keep up with the demand. I, I mean, you, you said it yourself just a little bit ago. Brett laid out what he believes are the factors involved in the ammo uh, supply issues. And if people want to believe that they can, if they, if they don't want to believe it, they can do that also. Like he laid it out. I, and this guy's responding, Randy's responding to the show. I don't know if he watched it or not, but I, I don't think we're going to change Randy's mind, but it was, I chose this one particularly because it does show that there are people that no matter what you say, I mean, they've got their opinion and it, it, Randy could be right. I happen to not think so, but people are going to think what they're going to think. We're just here to put a little stone in their shoe. Randy, run run a number seven. Catch the ball. (laughs) I like Randy Moss. Do your baseball thing. Uh, Tim's a sports fan. Uh I know sports. All right. So because we don't have anything, really an agenda to chat about today. I have a hidden agenda. Well, I know that. To get fired and never have to work here again. (laughs) (laughs) Waiting for that sweet workers comp. That That huge buck is going to follow me sometime. That's mounted on my wall in my office. Yeah. And it's going to be One day I walk into your, and by the way, that's not his buck. Okay. It's no one's buck. It was kind of (laughs) found. Well, it's not yours. No, no. It's definitely not. I just put it in your room for decoration. (laughs) Thank you. Your predecessor in there. That's why we put it. She would never decorate the room. So we're like, all right. Needed something. We're hanging a deer head in here. (laughs) Shortly after she left, I don't know why. <laughs> I'm terrible about putting stuff up on the wall. Like I need to have some more pictures of my family, but I don't print pictures out. Who does? And so you just hold your phone up every once in a while. You put <laughs> right. it against oh, the wall. Oh, that's what they look like. I forgot. <laughs> so I've got one picture of my daughter. I got a picture of my dad and my grandpa. I don't have a picture of Bo or my wife. I have a marathon See where they rank. shadow box <laughs> up. I just have like this random stuff from the years over my house that At isn't one point you had like a turtle shell in there. I still got it 
in there, stinging up. You that, seemed that creeped drawer. out by it. You're like, well, it's weird because you never did anything with it. You just set it on your desk. I thought it was <laughs> I odd after to two years. <laughs> I think it'd be odd while. to hang it. To be honest with you. You don't like turtles. Well, and to hang a turtle. shell is kind of an odd thing. <laughs> That's the hillbilly background. I we grew up eating turtles. Mm. And <laughs> if you, you've never had snapping turtle, I guess <laughs> not. Uh, may, yeah, I think so. A long time ago. I mean, when when we were growing up, I do remember like you know, dad or my uncles or whatever catching them in a pond or yeah. You know, I remember having them, seeing them at my well, Jared and Justin's dad, John, would have a fifty-five gallon drum and he'd have it in there with mm-hmm. a piece of plywood over the top, you know, and I'm, it was always like, Hey, let's go check out the snapping turtle. <laughs> let's look at it. Looking back. I feel like that was a weird choice for a bunch of six year olds <laughs> to have as a pet. <laughs> I had a complex relationship with snapping turtles growing up because mm. I would keep them as pets and I would also catch them and eat them. That's not really that so, complex. People do it with turkeys. <laughs> people do it with well, deer. Yeah, it's true. So. People shoot coyotes and they have pet dogs. Do they? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So what's next? I'm well, rolling through the I, topics here. I, uh, you've not been out shed hunting yet, correct? I did. We did. did. I have not found any sheds. Gotcha. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> Tell I, me again how many sheds you found, man. <laughs> you know, I think we were maybe a touch early. Not that bad, though. I felt like we got shed poached, which happens to me about every other year. And it's funny because the years where I leave my trail cameras out, they get stolen. And mm. I usually know that we got shed poached, but this year we didn't leave the cameras out. You know, yeah. I had some cell cameras and stuff and I'm like, I don't want to risk it. So Scott pulled all the cameras earlier, you know, right after the season. And so I have no idea because my cameras didn't get stolen. <laughs> Just kind of an upside, <laughs> but it's still, it's, but I have a feeling he found two, but they were smaller ones. And you know, I, I don't know, man, we, part of it, it could be that we got shed poached. I say that because it's happened a lot before, or it could be that the former farmer had changed our late season food source. I talked about it before mm-hmm. and it changed the dynamic of the, the late season herd. So they weren't there at the end of the year and you know, some does and fawns and you know, stuff like that, obviously sure. or yearlings rather. But once we put the analogics out, you hope that they come back, but usually they had already been there because of the late season food source. And then the, the season ends, put the analogic out and mm-hmm. then boom, it's straight from one thing to the next this year, because I didn't leave my cameras out on the analogics and because I didn't have a late season food source, I really have no idea what the herd's looking like there going into this, this year. So, you know, it's, it's kind of hit or miss. I have a feeling once the summer comes, they're, they're going to be there mm-hmm. and we're going to have, you know, biologic probably radishes up in our main food plot. Okay. And it, it is what it is. I don't know what the farmer's going to do. I can't control that part of it. So if he plants beans, great. If he doesn't, I'm going to tr- try like heck to kill something early and be done yeah, with it. Yeah, because then it turns into a ghost town. Along. It did last yeah. year. Bad. Yeah, that's tough. So how about you? Found some sheds. I saw your dandy shed walk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, how about that? It's it's such a cool feeling. Because it, it almost seems like an impossibility to find a shed, especially yeah. where I'm hunting because it's mostly big, mature timber. Yeah. And so w- with a lot of junk on the ground. Uh, but I happened to see just that little bend there in the main beam. And I was like, I think that's a... And, and that was all like legit. I hadn't... I hadn't found it and then, re, you know, reset the scene. That was just, I think that's a shed. I'm going to go over and check it out. 
not a big shed, but almost with shed hunting to me, it doesn't matter if it's a, obviously it's better if it's a big shed, but just to find one in general is a lot of fun. I did an Instagram story while we were shed hunting and I was like, you know, You're on all Instagram? those people, Mattery 81, for all those people that have like backpacks to fill their shed, <laughs> That's I'm funny. like, I could have used one of those guys so they could have found the sheds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, that's never me. I mean, usually I can maybe find one or two, but I just never have been. So if you overly, got a free hand, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. So that's shed season. Well, on to turkey season. I, uh, I took my daughter and my son out and, and, uh, and my son had found one last last spring and it had been there for years. Like it had grown moss on it and just happened to find it kind of half buried. So my daughter really wanted to find a shed and I figured we, it was a nice day. We just needed to get out of the house and take a walk. I spotted a, like a little three pointer shed underneath the cedar tree. So I turned the key and it's, it's weird because I know it's there. It's not going to run away. It's not like a rabbit or something, but for some reason I got this sense of urgency. Like I got to turn the camera on. I got to get it on. I'm going to run in my front daughter. of my daughter and knock her over and get that shit. <laughs> get out of my way, kid. <laughs> Daddy needs this. I turned it on. I asked her, you know, kind of set the scene. What are we doing? I'm like, all right, well, you lead the way. Walk. And she found it and she was super excited. But the funniest thing about that piece was how pissed my son was because <laughs> she's like, oh yeah, I found one. He's like, oh, what? I never find one. I never get one. How come she gets one? Join the club there, Bo. <laughs> it's like just it's just it's just like we're at home again yeah uh but uh but she was happy she found one it was a little three-pointer but i did go out and pull my cameras off one of my suburban properties where that safe buck is he's still safe he's still Still my last picture of him was sometime in like late january so i think if he can avoid the traffic because there's a county highway out there he might be around for next year which could be an early season get for me. He just tends to hang around that property early season. Let's hope he comes so, back, man. That'd no be kid. awesome. He, he would be I, a nice deer. I think he would be five yeah. uh, next year. That's and awesome. So if he keeps going up, he could be pretty good. Mark always told me that I was managing on the lease uh, by default because I sucked at killing him. <laughs> well, I've kind of been doing that myself. <laughs> exactly. Like, yep. look at the just age Look at the age class we got here. <laughs> They're dying of old age. <laughs> I, I run a wildlife preserve. Yeah, These animals right. are not to be touched. Yeah. Are you vegan? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I wonder, man. Yeah. But uh, but this particular property, it's full of honeysuckle. So I'm probably going to go through and tear out a bunch of that stuff. Uh, you know, Isn't that an invasive? It is, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure where it came from. Doesn't Missouri have a program that they'll come in and help like they, cut that stuff out? They can defer costs. Sometimes like you can even get hooked up with a group like AmeriCorps to come through hmm. and uh if, if your if your property is enrolled in certain programs. Yeah. Uh it almost seems like a losing battle. Like you know you're gonna you're gonna have to come back eventually and do it again. But it's so thick in this property, which I think is why the deer like oh, sure. it. It's very I mean, it's a very security. secure feeling. Yeah. Uh it also makes it hard because the archery hunt, it also makes it hard to get an arrow through anywhere. You got to trim lanes, Tim. Well, <laughs> my problem is I, I have a hard time trimming either too much or too little. It's just that like finding that middle ground <laughs> it's is so fi- tough. It's a fine line, but if you don't do it, like, man, it's, it just, I'll watch hunts, you know, from our team members where there's certain guys not naming any names that live in Illinois mm-hmm. that don't trim their lanes very well. And every year it's like, you see arrows bouncing and, you know, and then I think about, my situation at the lease and we've had times where you don't see the buck until it's on top of you and you may not get a shot. The only way to prevent it, you got to trim ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And that that's the only way to make it work, you know? And so I, 
like going to an outfitter when I go, which it's been a couple of years since I've done this, but used to go to like say an outfitter in Illinois and I'd always be surprised at how little there were for shooting lanes. Or if I go say to a friend's, you know, property or whatever. And mm-hmm. it's like, I think we're so used to trimming because for the camera, you have it's to, tough. you got to yeah. trim or otherwise the poor camera guy's trying to manually focus through the branches and it's a nightmare, but I don't know. I think you'd be surprised as long as you have cover in the tree or back cover behind you, I, which is the key, really. Yeah. I think you would be surprised at what you can get away with with trimming your lanes. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I try to at least have something out 30, you know, in the timber like that. If you can get me out to 30 yards, think, hey, 40, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. But realistically, it's like get me to 30, 35 and a few different directions where the trail might be coming in front of you. Right. You got a few different points to shoot, you know, Hey, um, say <clears throat> looking left, looking straight on, looking right. And then you're covered no matter which way they're going, quartering mm-hmm. two, quartering away, broadside, whatever. Yep. So, yeah. And, and there's one particular stand where it's a great location. It's a little closer to the trail than I would like, but I trimmed a lot and I'm pretty exposed to, cause the deer are coming down the hill towards me. Yeah, so at some at point you. we're at eye level. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm going to do this, this summer is tack up and I saw Sean Lundy do this and one, one of his hunts, I don't, maybe Nebraska or something, yeah. but you know, he put a bunch of brush in yeah. behind him and kind of wrapped it around, like stapled it to the tree. Yeah. Use good idea to, to get there to, to give me something to break up my outline. Cause it's an awesome tree location wise, but it's such a, there's just so little yeah. to, to kind of prevent you from being back. I know which hunt you're talking about it. I had never really thought about that. Creating your own, you know, by sure nailing in some branches or cedar, you know, cedar branches or something like that. But it's really great idea. Yeah. And pretty simple. Do frankly. it in the summertime. And that way nothing looks odd or yeah. you know, out of place when season oh, looks around. like a turkey fan up there. It's a, a huge cloud of leaves and tree trunks up there. <laughs> so that's, that's my plan for that particular, do a little, uh, removal of the, the brush honeysuckle. We've also done it before where we put on netting, like, uh, you know, just like a leafy mossy oak leafy pattern that you would maybe wear, say turkey hunting or whatever. Sure. Well, we'd <clears throat> like put some branches out and that, in that top plot that we hunt, we used to just hunt a tree stand there and the lone tree in the middle of a field. And it was a great spot, but you'd always get busted. So we would put, we, we put this, basically leafy, you know, material out in front of us. So it, it just kind of covered us and we zip tied it to the limbs and stuff. And okay. it, it, you got to make sure you don't go too high, obviously when you're bow hunting, mm, sure. uh, mess with your, you know, range of motion, but in general, it did a pretty good job. Heck yeah. In the late season, it did stand out, but by that point, they're pretty much used to it. They're used to it. The real problem was with any kind of breeze, it was blowing. Mm -hmm. So we had to zip tie it really well so there wasn't much of a breeze because that was something that it would just kind of make some noise. So you kind of got to watch out for that. Yeah. So yeah, I, I need to start putting together my checklist of stuff I want to accomplish because yeah. I mean we're start, we're yeah. getting into it now. Yeah, you know we're going to be busy with turkey season real quick here, and before you know it, it'll be summertime, yeah. and that checklist will be here. Yeah, I know life is hard. It's crazy to think it. Basically, the season ends; it starts back over again. Mm-hmm. You know, frost seeding or whatever. You did you try that this year? Frost seeding? No, because the the property where I would normally do that you got look. sold off. Yeah. Yep. Jerks. Wah, wah. No, I, I've actually been very fortunate to to hunt that piece of ground. All right. How about we? Well, you know, I was going to ask you about morel hunting. Are you going to do that this we year? We do, but like a dad's place, I don't know. One year. 
probably 2015. I mean, that's how often, how little it happens. I remember us finding a handful, Mm -hmm. literally handful. We just can never, you know, he's got a big piece of dirt there in Northern Missouri and we've just never been able to really find them there. Hmm. Um, And that's usually where I turkey hunt. So I know Scott will probably hit the lease and, you know, go out to some spots around, you know, conservation ground or whatever. But I don't really do a whole lot other than when we, when I go hunting at dad's, we try to, you know, if the hunting sucks, you just kind of say, okay, let's go walk around and see what we can find. But we just never have much luck. I don't know. The, the, the fun thing is during turkey season is to sit there, you know, you're not seeing anything. I'll start to pick apart the woods in front of me just for something to do. And every now and again, you'll start spotting morels and <laughs> kind of spot you sit. I mean, that never happens to me. Really? Ever. No, ever. And that, that's typically when I find morels is when I'm turkey hunting because I just don't have a whole lot of time to go out and just specifically morel hunt anymore. Yeah. I used to. And even the spots that I do know produce pretty regular, man, you just have to be so specific with the soil temperature and depends on the humidity. Like they don't yeah. always hit the same time every year and sometimes not even the same place. Yeah. It's it's just hard. Although a lot of guys have their honey holes. They do. Know? And and I, I've not been fortunate enough. Like I've hit some, just Scott and I hit a jackpot two years ago on one of my, hunt, uh, one of my turkey properties. And and it was crazy. We, we literally left morels on the ground because <laughs> we ran, we left morels on the ground. We ran out of time. You're fired. <laughs> we ran out of time. I had to get, we had turkey hunted that morning uh, when we filmed some stuff for um, SME while we were down there. And then we found this pile of morels. Yeah, we ran out of time and they were like towards toward the end of the season, the end of the season. So they're already, they're, kinda, they were drying out yeah. and, and rotting and, uh, so, but like last year we Did went Did you back. mark the spot? Oh, I, I I know the spot exactly. I went back there last year. I didn't find any. Huh. And there's such a wide range though, because like the soil has to be like, I think around 60 degrees for it to, for them to start fruiting. And, uh, and I don't get to this property very often. So I, you know, maybe I was late you last year it. or early. Mm-hmm. It, it's hard telling, but it's just, a, that's, that's part a of the magic. might be worth putting a trail camera on, <laughs> like a cell camera. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right. All, like, very sensitive. <laughs> yeah. They're coming up. <laughs> Uh, a time lapse of I, them growing. I, I, I want to do a time lapse on like because some guys have done it and it's so cool. I yeah. can find one that's just barely breaking the surface of the soil, but it, that's part of the magic of finding them is because they're so elusive. I saw on the the jury social pages that somebody had a recipe where they were putting jalapeno oh, yeah, cream I, cheese I saw, inside the middle of a morel. I don't know why I didn't think about that before. I mean, that's the same thing I told Mark. I was like, this seems like this was in front of us the whole time. And we I'm never 10 sucked. pounds this spring. All we got to do <laughs> is add, wrap it in bacon. Yeah. And then you're finished. Oh. So you kill a turkey, you find the morels, you deep fry some turkey breasts. Heck yes. You do this, you know, jalapeno, cream cheese filled, bacon wrap morel, and then bada bing. You got a feast. That's not bad. I think Jim Shockey always says we eat like kings. Like that's eating like a king right there. No joke. A tubby king. We <laughs> we did um uh venison chops a couple weekends ago. I saw that. And they were awesome. Really? They were so good. Are you sure? We called them deer popsicles so the kids would like be open to eating them. I don't know that that would convince my kids. <laughs> it's like, hey, it's got its a own deer stick, popsicle. guys. Check it out. <laughs> Daughter had a friend over at the house and uh, they, I think I had maybe eight of them. The kids tore them up. 
the these little girl, eight nine year old girls were they chewy were they tender were they they were as tender as if they hadn't even been cooked it was off of a buck i shot in 2017 pulled it out of the deep freeze and uh and i pan seared them in a cast iron skillet and with some i think there was just some like bacon grease in there and and i i the the night before though i'd hit them with some non-iodized salt like it's like kosher salt dill salt and not dill salt just kosher salt and uh and and i think that tenderizes them a little bit you wash the salt off the next day and threw them in there in in that pan they were delicious Hmm. and a different way of eating backstrap yeah because like you don't get the rib meat on that, but you get, it's like a backstrap with a bone on it. Huh. And they always say the bones where the flavor's at. So you like, I wonder how much of the flavor comes from the bone there because it's, it's on, still on the rib. Hold it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> it was worth the wait. Alan, stop laughing. Yeah, Alan's giggling over there. <laughs> Film before a live studio audience uh, of Alan. I was late on the draw. I couldn't find it. Speaking of Alan, we had talked about having him do a segment where, so Alan has like one emotion and it's generally crabby. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's got, got a, got a beef with the world. And the segment would be who's Alan going to punch this week. <laughs> Hold it, hold it, hold it. I got a sound for that. And it could be a group of people. It could be an individual. Who knows? It could be one of us. Alan wants to punch the world. All right. I got to get back. I got to start studying the soundboard so I can get to him quicker. Yeah. Well, take it home with you and, and just sit on the couch at Cameron night. Cameron would enjoy that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So we got these fancy turkey calls sitting in front of us here. What are we doing? Yeah. We're going to help our buddy Frank, who's in <laughs> St. Louis, with the question of the day. Frank the tank. Frank yes. the tank. My son has been saying, the world of tanks. <laughs> okay. I have no idea where he heard this, but he just keeps saying sounds it. Like, like a history channel. Well, special. it sounds like he's about to introduce, yeah, a documentary on <laughs> tanks, but That's he's right. got nothing else behind it. All right. So question of the day is brought to you by Plano Cases. Protect your passion. Hi, my name is Frank Gall. I'm in the St. Louis area. And my question is, what is the best handheld turkey call? to use. We just woke Frank up. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, Frank. You're I welcome. think Frank was watching ESPN. There. <laughs> he was doing something else. All right. Hold I, on guys. I'm busy. <clears throat> I would imagine that, look, I'm no expert. You're no expert. I would imagine that, you know, a guy like Mark or, you know, Tad Brown or these guys that have been doing it their whole lives and kind of helped innovate in the industry and calls. They ha- Hey, uh, John Williams, you know, these guys that mm-hmm. are Ricky Joe Bishop, they all build these things, you know, and they tell you, this is the, you know, aluminum versus glass versus slate or, you know, and then this kind of certain mahogany wood, like all that stuff matters, right? Rich mahogany. Rich mahogany. So all that stuff matters. Tim and I, uh, I we should speak like to for you. Yacht, 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 yacht. <laughs> Do you know the best call? So I, I have I have some some favorites. Like I know that <clears throat> if it's windy uh, and 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 aluminum. like an audible range is difficult. Yeah, then aluminum is going to yeah. pierce the wind probably the best and get you the best range. Yep. I'm probably better with an actual slate because it just feels like it's a little more forgiving. But like something like the DOD Final Roost is going to get you a range like no other 
material out there will. All right. So it says it's a native sycamore pot. It says that's anodized select aluminum. And uh, then it's got a custom striker here. So DOD approved. I know Mark and John Williams and Tad Brown and, you know, these guys, like I said, that I mentioned already, uh, Paul Butsky, they worked on yeah. this line together. They worked on it all last spring and uh, we teamed up with the guys at HS. Obviously, you know, Mark for years and years and years when he had mad calls or when he was still affiliated with mad calls before, before um, Flambeau kind of just let it, go to the wayside, really. Um, you know, they were doing box calls, mouth calls, slate calls, all this stuff for, it's probably 20 years. Yeah. You know, early 90s, mid 90s is when they started mad. So he's got a lot of background. And he, I know that when he came in here the other day, he was telling me how he felt like straight out of the packaging, this box call, this slate call were some of the best turkey sounding calls that they've that they've made yet. So for what it's worth. And, uh, and in full disclosure, sometimes manufacturers will pay for someone's name to slap onto a product. Really? That that has not had like I know that Mark obsessed personally over the design of these. Really? He, <laughs> Mark obsessed Ma- about Ma- Mark is not going to let something go out with his name on it that no. isn't a hundred percent. So so you so it, it, he literally and, and I know I know him and Paul Butsky worked real hard on this. <laughs> I couldn't. It, I kind of don't want to open this up because the packaging is so cool. You open that. I'm going to open the box call. It's like Christmas morning. Interesting. Oh, hey, interestingly enough, right now, last what week was we ran the world's largest calling contest Jeez. on Facebook, <laughs> and uh, a bunch of the consumers at home they just videoed themselves. They put it onto this post, and we chose our favorites and gave away a bunch of these HS who won these calls. Well, go to the post <laughs> to find out. <laughs> we have no. I'd say it's a winner. Yeah. If I can run it, you can run it. Chicken dinner. I actually like running slate calls. Give me a mouth call. It's basically kryptonite. Just, I mean, (laughs) I make some sounds. Yeah, I just can't get the cadence, man. I can't get going fast enough to really, I mean, you got to really like that. You know, when you're cutting or going, you can't, it's like, it's like, all right, that's slow and sounds stupid. One of my problems (laughs) is when a turkey's coming is when I get nervous and I, I can't. I can't perform. <laughs> Go with it. Oh, yeah, yeah, Tim. The gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> Pretty much. Speaking of hunter specialties, all right. They're the sponsor for our wildlife word today. Makers of the brand new HS Strut line of Drury Outdoors signature calls. And we're talking about turkeys. All right. Okay. So the caruncles are the fleshy lumps that wrap around the base of a wild turkey's neck. Oh, caruncles. Obviously, you knew that. It's like an uncle who's crabby all the time. Or he's got carbuncles. <laughs> okay. Uncle carbuncle. Maybe he's got cankles. But <laughs> possibility too. How do turkeys control the color of the caruncles? Is it A, shunting bodily water into them? Hmm. B, bobbing their head. C, constricting or dilating blood vessels, or D, 
thinking happy thoughts. Like uh, Peter Pan and Hook. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's how he flew. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of my and the pixie movies. dust. That's, well. All right. I'm going to go with C. Constricting or dilating blood vessels. You are correct, sir. Ding, and you ding. you win a Dury Outdoors series turkey call. Final roost. Nice job. Pick them up at your local Wee. Bass Pro or Cabela's today. Good job. It does sound good. I wonder what it sounds like to our listeners. <clears throat> I'm sure we're over, uh, over modulating. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it sounds horrible. Limit, but if you were in decibels. our studio studio audience, you would you would be see. beautiful. It's beautiful. Uh-huh. Okay. So turkey season's coming up here. It's here Hopefully. for some people. Mark and Taylor yeah, already yeah. went to Texas. Yeah, and Florida. Had and a heck Texas of a trip. And- I need to. Yeah, I was like, eh. that needs to be frictionated. Frictionated. That's good. Good word. Mm-hmm. I, I love words. What can I say? <laughs> you're a wordsmith, Tim. <laughs> yes. Or maybe you're just a smith. <sighs> I'm a. I'm not gonna say it. Hey, by the way, I like the hoodie. Oh yeah, check it out. Dod bottomland mossy oak bottomland hoodie. It's the first time we've ever had. I can't believe this in 30 something years. It's the first time we've ever had our own camouflage hoodie. That's crazy. And we have black, we have gray, we got all that stuff, but we've never had the bottom line hoodies are actually hard to get a hold of to like the blanks. That's crazy to me. Well, just so many, I mean, people love that camouflage. They love that throwback. So we got our hands on a few hundred. We did a limited run. So if we actually still have a couple left. So if you want it, go to the juryoutdoors.com site, go to the store, check it out. But they're pretty awesome. This morning I saw Nicole Reeve was yeah, this on Driven. Instagram, yeah. maybe. Yep. So I thought, eh, like most days, I'm going to try to mimic her fashion style. Yeah. You need, you Did got some I work to do. accomplish it? No. Ah. She looked way better oh, <laughs> than man. you do in your hoodie. I'll put my hair back next time. I'm wearing the uh, old Mr. Mr. Fox, Fox Mossy yeah. Oak t-shirt. I love that. These, from what I hear, they can't keep these on the shelves either. I believe it. Yeah. Th- it's going to be like this shirt. That's right. So get yours a day or else get you some. It's honestly is I shed hunted in it. The day I didn't find any sheds. Oh, it, it, it was really comfortable though. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh fits my girlish figure. Yeah. A medium. Are you wearing a medium right. or are you wearing a large? This is a medium. I think. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Dainty. I got room for another person in here. Yeah. So if anybody's asking, they fit true to size. Like I wear a large fits fine. You wear a medium. It's a little tight outside looking in, but oh. you say you got plenty of room. Oh, I mean, it looks a little a tight. Scott could get in here. Oh, I'd like to see that. He, well, earlier today. I missed it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Scott just peeked his head around the corner. Like, Don't talk about me, please. <laughs> Scott's engaged now. We can't make those kind of jokes anymore. Oh, poor Scott. All right. Okay. I think we've said it all. Okay, it's the BS podcast. And we did just that. uh, Randy Moss called BS, and we're going to end it that way. All right. Catch a beat running like like Randy Moss. What song is that, Tim? I don't know. Hip-hop? It is. Nice. Yeah. I know sports. I know hip-hop. All right. Okay. Thanks for watching. Peace out. I'm sorry. Apologize for Tim's. We're not that great. Deercast is giving you the chance to hunt with Mark and Terry Drury. Head over to Deercast.com to enter.